What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, Lori, and Mike. And we are changing things up a little bit on the podcast today. Um, this is something that we've been talking about doing for a while now, but you know, we mostly do uh, TV show reviews and movie reviews, but we're actually going to do a top 10 list today. And um, it's inspired by seeing everybody else talk about their Marvel top 10 for last year. You know, we had uh, nine different products come out from Marvel plus one that was not quite Marvel, but kind of sort of Marvel. So we all have different opinions about which ones were the best, which ones were not necessarily the worst, but kind of ranked lower. So we just decided that we were going to go ahead and talk about those. So this is our Marvel 2021 countdown from the Phantom Hybrid podcast. But before we get started, we have an honorable mention that needs to be brought up because um, Anthony has some feel, well, maybe not some feelings about it, but you guys can't see our screen names on the video, but Anthony says Modoc gets no love. Yeah, that, that it's a show that we did not cover and I don't think any of us watched is Modoc on Hulu. I, I'm, I I tried. I think I I have it queued up, and I'll like I don't know start clipping my toenails and just <laughs> lose interest because <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Modok is like this beloved character. Like who who thought that it would be a great show? Which is one of the reasons I think I want to watch it is to figure out why. Like why. Because I don't, you know, I I never had even heard of this character until they started announcing plans for a show. The only thing I know about, this is the character that's got the really big head, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's all I know of this character. But I think he's 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 from AIM. And the last time we heard of AIM was was with, um, which we call it? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. Well, that and, and, and what's his name? Um, Guy Pierce played, which we call it? Advanced in Iron Man 3? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, Modoc okay. is one of those characters, either you love him or you hate him. And he is annoying, but he's extremely smart and extremely uh power-based. But it's like half the time he's considered a joke, the other half, you're like, oh, him again. It's no, sort of that, it, well it, it, apparently it's interesting you say that because I would have said he's a character that you either hate him or you hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, the, it's like from what equivalent. from what I saw. I'm sorry. What I'm saying is from what I saw on like the episode and a half, two episodes that I actually watched of it, it's like they were trying to show it's they were literally trying to show like a behind the scenes of him, like his family and all this other stuff. Like, you know, it was mm-hmm. really it was it was okay, but it was kind of contrived. And I was like, mm, I can like, you know, my, my life's not going to be any worse if we're not seeing this. So, you know, there are way better things for me to watch. Whenever MODOK shows up, it's it's the same thing for me when I'm watching a DC comic property and the Royal Flush Gang shows up. I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. I hate the Royal Flush Gang. Like, with a biting passion. <laughs> Amos Fortune, Roulette, they can go kick rocks. So when I see MODOK, I'm like, eh. Hmm. Okay. Well, is that something that you guys think you want to watch and talk about? Because again, no. Okay. okay. No. You just wanted to mention that right. the fact that it was a Marvel property. It was one of the Marvel properties they came out last year that they don't really promote. No one really talks about. I just wanted to give it a mention. Okay. 
honorable mention. Honorable that was nice of you. Yes. All right. So we're going to get into it. Um, just to refresh everyone on what came out last year for Marvel, they released five TV shows, four movies, and then there was Venom, which is technically not a Marvel cinematic property, but it kind of sort of got pulled into it briefly and then pushed back out. And we'll talk about that later. Um, so we had WandaVision come out, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, and Hawkeye. Those were the Disney Plus series. And then we had Eternals, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Spider-Man No Way Home as far as the film properties. So those are the ones that we are going to rank and we're going to discuss them just briefly in this episode. Um, we have covered the majority of these on the podcast. So you can actually go to our website, www.phantomhybrid.com, and you can find our discussions for those. The only ones we have not discussed yet is Eternals. And that's because it's coming out on Disney Plus next week. And we wanted to wait until Lori was able to see it because Lori is not doing movie theaters at this moment. Um, because of the COVID pandemic and she's on the West Coast where it's a little bit worse. So um, we wanted to get her thoughts on it. So we haven't covered Eternals yet. We haven't done Venom yet because um, we just have had so much on our plate that we just haven't gotten around to it yet. And I think that's actually it as far as the ones that we didn't cover, but we'll go into it. Anthony, you had a question or a comment? Well, I think I wanted to mention you said Venom was kind of not really a Marvel mcu thing and i was gonna say spider-man no way home isn't either really because it's sony and not disney yeah but, but tom uh, holland spider-man yeah, like yeah. tom holland spider-man has been completely in the mcu like we haven't seen him outside of the mcu like say Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man or Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Like they have no connection to the MCU in those properties, but his Spider-Man is part of the MCU, even though technically speaking, it's a Sony product. That that's what I meant as far as that. So that that's the clarification. That's why I said never mind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I guess we're gonna start from worst to first, huh? Let's do it that way. Nope. Let's let's go, let's go with number 10. Um we're going to go in the way that I see you guys on my screen. So we'll go with myself, Anthony, Mike, and then Lori. Number 10, um, out of the 10 we mentioned, I have Venom listed last. Venom let there be carnage. Um, Anthony, what about you? I also have Venom. Okay. Let there be carnage. Okay. That's that's two for, two for four. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I have Venom too. But it's like, I feel bad because I've been waiting so long to see Woody Harrelson as Carnage. I thought he was going to be like the perfect Carnage. He was good, but it's just like in the, in in reference to all these other movies, it just did not come up to snuff. Yeah, I, I think I have it for the same reason. Like somebody has to be last, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, in comparisons to all the other ones, it, it just kind of was that for me. But uh, Lori, what did you have listed for number 10? I have Venom for two reasons. One, I haven't seen it. And two, I have never, <laughs> ever cared for the character. I mean, Eddie Brock and all that, it's nice. It's a, it's a main Spider-Man villain friend slash type of a thing. But it, it, he has never appealed to me. And even when they, they let, you know, Dan Slott play around with it, a little bit of Joey Casada doing some stuff, never been a favorite. Okay, I get it. Okay, so since we all have Venom listed as the, the last, we'll just go ahead and have a little bit of discussion about that thing. Mike, you, you mentioned yours. Um, 
for me, Venom, I've never, like Venom has always been fun for me. You know what I'm saying? Watching the first movie and then watching this one, it was a lot of fun. Now, as far as storyline and characters, again, it doesn't compare with the rest of the Marvel properties that we've been watching, but um, I like watching Woody Harrelson in anything because he is such a fabulous actor and he's just, he can pull off psychotic and humorous at the same time. And it just looks so natural. I mean, even me thinking back to, um, I cannot think, my mind just went into a brain freeze, but the the movie that he did with uh, Juliette Lewis, like way, way back, what was that film? Natural Born Killers. Yes, that one. Even just back then, he has this charisma about him where he can play somebody so deadly and psychotic and you still want to root for him for some reason. I don't know what it is, but I mean, he's just, He's just always appealed. Like I've been a fan of his for a very long time since uh since I was a child, you know, cheers. But um yeah, I just it it just didn't have enough to kind of push itself over the other Marvel properties for me. What about you, Anthony? Um I didn't even it was there wasn't even enough to compare it to the other Marvel movies. It was just I'm, I'm like Mike. I was excited. Okay, the first one was fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, it wasn't great, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. It was funny. Um, I got excited seeing Will Harrelson was going to be a carnage. I was like, I couldn't wait to see it. And then Let There Be Carnage comes out, and the movie's terrible. <laughs> it just is. I mean, the storyline kind of is is bad. There really isn't any chemistry between Venom and Eddie Brock anymore. It's just, it's just this weird. It's not even like a buddy cop thing. It's just this weird, stupid act, the vaudeville act going on, and it's, it's awful. And I just, <laughs> it just didn't do anything for me. And Woody Harrelson couldn't save it because he just seemed to be plodding right along. Like, oh, I guess I'm in this movie, and I have to play a bad guy and. He doesn't have, he didn't, his charisma wasn't enough to carry the movie. Right. It just wasn't enough. Okay. That's why I have it last. Yeah. I was sitting there laughing. Like, I wasn't entertained. I was laughing at it because, like, a spectacle. I'm watching this train wreck. And it's, it shouldn't be funny. It's just tragic. Yeah. I think the best part of that movie for me was um, in the end credit scene. And, like I said, yeah. we haven't talked we haven't talked about the movie on the podcast yet. Lori hasn't seen it, but she doesn't care about being spoiled because she doesn't care about the character or the movie. But um the end credit scene, we see Eddie Brock and Venom. They're on, you know, they're on a beach in Mexico. And like the part of the end credit scene that we see, they're in a hotel room. Uh, I think someone, well, they were in a hotel room and then you see this kind of light and something strange happens with them. And then on the TV in front of them appears J. Jonah Jameson talking about the reveal that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And this comes from the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. And there was something that Venom mentioned earlier saying that um, he was telling Eddie that 
his species is not, they're not necessarily individual. They kind of share a hive mind. So no matter where they are in the universe or multiverse, apparently they share memories. So when this, this uh, newscast came up, Venom looks at the screen and he was like, I know that guy, which is weird because this Venom apparently takes place in a different, you know, it's, it's in a different universe than our MCU um, or our universe. And so what happens is at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, there is a second end credit scene where Venom and Eddie Brock apparently with that little light pulled them into our universe and we'll talk a a little bit about spider-man no way home and he's sitting there at the bar trying to figure out okay so you have these superheroes so he talks briefly about iron man he talks about um the hulk and he talks about thanos a little bit and then he gets pulled back out of this universe but there's a little bit of the venom stuff that uh aliens don't want stones (laughs) they don't want stones they want want to eat brains (laughs) <laughs> so, but that's why I said at the beginning, it's kind of pulled into the MCU and then kind of thrust back out because for those few minutes, he was part of our world and he was learning about our Avengers and Thanos and everything that happened here. Don't know if that's going to play into the wider picture. Like I know that uh, Sony is supposed to be doing three more Spider-Man movies. Supposedly they're going to include Tom Holland, but we don't know what the storyline is going to be or you know we don't know what's going to happen with that so maybe they'll bring venom back for these movies and maybe it'll be a better iteration of the character i mean i didn't hate tom hardy as eddie brock i thought he was great as a character but like you said anthony i think with this movie it became more of and you described it perfectly like a vaudeville act it was kind of like laurel and hardy like slapstick like one person is made to be the dunce and the other person is supposed to be the the smarter more aggressive one and that's that is kind of how it it was with that film so i agree with you but moving on let's go to number nine so I picked Eternals as my number nine, which is weird that it's so far Ooh. down because I actually really loved the movie. But in comparison to all the other things, you know, all the other properties had characters that I was already invested in and in where their stories were going. And the Eternals was new. We had new characters and it was it's kind of I feel like one of the main jump off points for the new phase of Marvel films. So it, I wasn't as emotionally attached to that one, even though I did love the film. And even though it had my babies, Richard Madden and Harrington in it, it just still wasn't enough to make it towards the top of my list. So Anthony, what about you? Number nine. Um, I have Black Widow. as well. Oh, so far down? Yes. Okay. I, and and I know it might be a little controversial, okay. but I think I think the taskmaster has a lot to do with it. <laughs> I, I think that was Yeah, you had a you you guys had a problem with taskmaster. That so. that, that that was look at Mike's face. <laughs> the worst choice they made. I was almost over it for that story. Is this it, and, and that actually killed the movie for me. Okay. Like, the, the Taskmaster's 
it just killed it. There was no way to come back from that for me. Um, okay. I, I I enjoyed a lot of the comedy and learning about Natasha's family. Mm-hmm. Um, the Red Guardian was funny. And who doesn't love Rachel Weiss? But I, I don't know. In a skin tight leather white suit. Right. Yes, I but, but the Taskmaster that I just found that last third of the movie absolutely ridiculous. And 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 that's why it's so far down on my list. Okay. Slightly above a vaudeville act. <laughs> okay, Mike, what about you? All right. So for reference, I did have Black Widow as number nine. But I actually switched and I put what if at number nine. Now, really? Okay. Wow. Let me explain. Okay. I, this is like almost an impossible task to rank these things. So I had to like kind of do it as far as like kind of impactful things, in my opinion. So Uh there's a reason that I moved Black Widow from being at number nine. But it's like, what if was just, it was good. It was it was probably one of my favorite things that it was it was a really good thing. I, I think it was very ambitious by Marvel. It's just that I have um, when I get to my next one, I have a reason. But it's just it, it it was kind of as far as the other ones go, it it was just not where I, I would have put it. So yes, mm-hmm. what if it's number nine for me? Okay. Lori, what about you? I'm gonna get hell. Uh oh. Loki. Ooh. Well, you know, I'm actually not surprised because you weren't really into Loki until no. like the last two episodes. So I'm really not surprised that it ranked low for you. The, the reason why it did uh, rank so low for me is that my husband and I watched the first uh, couple episodes. The first episode was awesome. And he loves Loki. And we were watching it and watching it. And then... I start watching it by myself. And by the time we got to the third episode, I'm like, okay, this isn't what I really thought it was going to be because we had had the excitement of WandaVision. We had the excitement of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then you get this time variance. And see, Loki did a plus for me because it reminded me on how great and how much I was missing good Doctor Who episodes. Because to me, (laughs) I was just watching a a longer version of Doctor Who. So when you get to the whole with the female Loki and the time variants, and I was excited for Owen Wilson. He didn't really do much. Uh, I, I got this thing where I was like, eh. And then, of course, you know, Kang. I mean, the actor is fine, but I thought he was very buffoonish in his portrayal. That's just me. And I just, I did not care about it. And I have not gone back and looked at it. Mark hasn't finished watching it. It's my number nine. Okay. Okay. So piggybacking off of that, Loki was actually my number eight. Um, and again, has nothing to do with the with the show because I actually did like the show. I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to like it, um, especially in comparison to some of the other shows or movies. But I think for me, getting to see Loki shine a little bit more and get out of the shadow of Thor and seeing that he was a little bit more complex as a character than we've been given in the MCU, you know, in the the wider MCU, that was the appeal of the show for me, to see him um, have layers to his character. 
the reveal of he who remains was fun for me because I like Jonathan Majors. Um, he did have a little bit of a comical reveal to the character, but from what I understand, that was kind of on purpose. And also because there needed to be some kind of, I guess, boundary or some kind of like, we needed to know that this was not technically Kang the Conqueror. This was a different version of the character. And I think he played it a little bit differently than he plans to play Kang in um, Ant-Man. So, um, but I, I did love the show. It's just, it wasn't enough to rank it higher on my list in comparisons to some of the others. So what about you, Anthony? What was eight? Eight for me was Eternals. Okay. Um, for a lot of the same reasons, um, was it Mike? You had a nine? No, you can't wait. I haven't done Eternals yet. Um, Hanukkah, you hate. That was me. Mm-hmm. I did the same mm-hmm. stuff. I liked it a little more. I, I don't think they. I don't. I don't feel like they went as far as they could have as far as the story goes. Um, mm-hmm. It really felt like an origin story, like the first movie of a trilogy that's going to give it kind of like Captain America: Winter Soldier, which isn't a great movie, but now that you've seen all the other MC, did, it's not. Did you? Did you? Yes, see- I did. Yes, I did. You heard me. It's not a great movie. However, it is much better oh now God. that you know where the story has gone for for Steve Rogers. Okay. So watching okay. it now, watching it now, you're like, oh, okay, it's actually pretty good. But when it first came out, I mean, I'm like, that's it. <laughs> you know? So... That's okay. kind of how I feel about Eternals right now. I think time will tell how good it is, but for now, it's an eight. It's an eight for me. Okay. What about you, Mike? All right. My number eight is Black Widow, and it was number nine, but I I, I moved it up only for Florence Pugh. That's I figured that was going to be your reasoning. <laughs> because it's like, I mean, they introduced her, and she's going to be a titular character an important character going forward in this phase of, of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And she did such a good job with this portrayal. And she really is one of my favorite characters right now in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, plus is, I mean, I, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I was kind of underwhelmed by this movie. Okay. Don't hate me, but, but just like Anthony said, and just like, you know, every time, every time it's brought up, that fucking Taskmaster bullshit just gets me because it's wrong. They didn't have to do it. It was unnecessary. It was heinous and they could have done anything, anything else with any other character, but they, they decided to fuck with the Taskmaster. I, yeah, she's lucky she's not number 10. But yeah, number eight for me is Black Widow. <laughs> okay, Lori, what about you? Black Widow. Oh, okay. Taskmaster. <laughs> Let's just say that I knuckled through the movie only because I was interested to see that Black Widow finally got them her own movie years after they shut down the movie, which I thought was a travesty. I like Scarlett Johansson. I, I think that her character was interesting enough, especially in the early MCU movies. She gets her movie and it's just okay. The Taskmaster thing, I think I could have overlooked it if they had made him a guy. Having the girl as Tat spoiler uh, kind of took me out of it because it was so different from what we're used to. 
The other thing that I didn't care for is that it just was a boring movie. I mean, Florence Pugh couldn't save it. Scarlett Johansson certainly couldn't save it. And I'm sitting there just bored out of my skull. So yeah, my, my, mine in this round is Black Widow because I thought the movie could have done better and it was about five years too late to give us the movie. Okay. So Black Widow was my number seven um, for that same reason uh, that you just said, Lori. I feel like it could have been a better movie if they had actually released it within the timeline that it was supposed to be released, but giving us Natasha's story after we already know her to be dead, I think was a huge mistake. I still enjoyed the movie. I thought the movie was very entertaining, um, but like a lot of people said, it felt like it was a Black Widow movie, but it didn't feel like Natasha's movie. It felt like a jumping off point for Yelena, which I'm, I don't have a problem with because Yelena is one of my, like Mike said, she has become one of my favorite characters in the MCU, even in the short time that we, we've seen her or known her. You know, we saw her in the film and then she appeared in the Hawkeye series. So what we've seen of her, I'm enjoying. I just felt like they should have given us that film years ago. And I think that would have... I think for a lot of people that would have explained Natasha's sacrifice a little bit better, you know, because it would have, and, and maybe even not so much more that because I think we understood it a little bit more after watching the Hawkeye series and seeing what Yelena's story was. But I think the action scenes were good. I think it was nice to see Natasha get to have a story on her own where she was the focus in that sense and not as one of the guys. You get what I'm saying as far as with the Avengers group, you know, she's always been portrayed as like, she's the mother of the group. She's the one who's always picking up after the guys and she's the one always holding them together. So it was nice to see her have um, some autonomy from the group. I just wish they would have done it a little bit earlier within the MCU so that we could probably have a better understanding of her character. Um, but I, I still enjoyed it. It was, it was a fun movie. Um, I went to go see it at 40X. So I got to do it with all the motion and the, the water from like rain hitting me in the wind. So that was a fun experience too, but yeah, that was, that was just so distracting though. It's just like, I, I almost got launched. I almost got launched out of my seat with that too. I was like, I was adjusting myself at the wrong time. Went, I was like, Wah! yeah, I, I enjoyed it though. It was fun. So, but yeah, it's number seven on my list. So Anthony, what you got? Um, before I reveal my number seven, I Uh-oh. think I said Captain America Winter Soldier, or did I say Captain America the first Avenger? You said Winter Soldier. I meant the first Avenger. Okay, that makes that, a that lot makes more, more sense. sense. Yeah. Yes. The, the first yes, that makes more sense. Okay, so my number seven was Hawkeye. Wow. Um, because it, it was a slow burn for me. Like mm-hmm. it didn't start out great. Like I wasn't too excited about it. I was excited about it before air, but after the first episode, I was like, okay. You know, it took about three episodes before i was mm-hmm. like okay i, I kind of like it so it was like this slow burn with a crescendo where it finished strong but it started off really weak for me so okay. I, that's why i have it number seven i mean okay. i like the character i'm not the biggest fan of the character 
but I see the potential if he wants to continue doing this, like being the mentor for the Young Avengers, if they ever do a Young Avengers show, I think he'd be perfect. Okay. But for his own show, there were other people in the show much more interesting than him. Echo was more interesting. Uh, Jacques was more interesting. Just, you know. His name was Jack. <laughs> Jacques. No, we call him Jacques. Jacques. <laughs> yeah. That, right. that, that, yeah, uh, that guy's my seven. All right. Um, my number seven is Eternals. Um, the only reason I have Eternals over that is because of the grand scope of the Eternals. Like, I was impressed by the effects, if not so much like how it was written. Like, it did drag in certain spots, but overall, I thought the way they did it was outstanding. And to have the way they set up all the different Eternals and have them be so much different than the next one was really cool. Um, the twist at the end, I kind of expected it. Like towards the middle of the movie, I kind of expected what was going to happen, like who betrayed. I was like, I kind of suspected it, mm-hmm. but it didn't really hurt anything for me. Um, the post credit scene was pretty damn good. That that had got me really curious to see how this. A couple of them did, like the one with the Black Knight was pretty bad. I, I was like, okay, I'm ready for that. But then the other one with Harry Styles like got me because I was like because someone someone had said it and I know Hanukkah was mad that it got spoiled but I was actually pretty I'm actually intrigued by how he's going to be represented so I mean just for the potential of the future of how it's going to be in the future I got Eternals at number seven okay my number seven is also the Eternals um for two reasons one I haven't seen it yet so I'm interested to see how it's going to go. For me, it falls into the same category as the Inhumans and any other uh, family-powered group that isn't the X-Men or the Avengers that has a family-type setting because once you get into that era uh, type of stuff in the Marvel uh, comic book universe or just MCU, it gets weird quick because they designate them as weird. Um, I do know what happened in the movie. And I know about the ending and I know who showed up and he might be related to somebody we've seen earlier. Mm-hmm. My thing is that listening to different podcasts, Comic Geek Speak being one of them, uh, listening to a couple reviews, um, now playing with Arnie uh, and his group, I get the feeling that the director did a good job directing the movie, but whoever wrote this movie needs to be taken out back, <laughs> talk to the ghost of Stanley, given a stack of essentials and go read and then come back to me because it just sounds like a hot mess so that's why it was my number seven okay uh let's see number six i actually switched my number sixes i had hawkeye as number six but i think i'm going with what if just because Mm. i enjoyed hawkeye a little bit more um what if was a lot of fun because we got to see different iterations of characters that we all know and love uh, as far as like, you know, Peggy Carter being Captain Carter instead of Steve being Captain America, you know, getting to see the non-enhanced version of Steve still play a good part in the show, but he's not, you know, that main hero like we used to seeing. We got to see different versions of T'Challa. We got to see a very interesting version of Killmonger, 
Um, it was a lot of fun exploring those different variants, I guess is the best way to say it, of those characters. But um, the watcher got on my nerves. He really did. <laughs> he did. He did. I, I have to I say. I shall not. I cannot interfere. Except for when Unless it's convenient for you. But um, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy the show, but the watcher kind of uh, worked my nerves. But um, given what we've seen in the trailer for Doctor Strange, knowing that one of those characters may end up showing up in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, that's that's interesting. So I like I like what it did as far as showing us how not necessarily how the multiverse works, but just how different the multiverse can be, like the different universes and how people who are the same can either be similar, um, just like Natasha's character. uh, She was able to go to another world that lost their Black Widow and it was kind of similar. Or, you know, like I said, seeing someone who is completely different, like um, Captain America or... Killmonger or I mean even the zombies was weird so you know that that was that was a lot of fun for me well we, we should have done we should have done a spoiler warning because I'm sure people haven't seen all these shows. but anyway I'll put it in the show notes <laughs> in the show description um my number six is mm-hmm. Loki okay and it's because probably the See, four, five, and six were tough. Like they're all right there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're all right there. And and I guess I went with Loki because same thing. It was sort of a slow burn. It had some mm-hmm. interesting things. You know, it had a lot of fertile ground for a lot of different theories. But <laughs> I think in the end, for me, it was seeing Jonathan Major as he who remains. And and the explosion of the possibilities with mm-hmm. the multiverse, right? That, that kind of pushed it up on my list. And okay. Tom Hiddleston is is great. So yes, very much so. Yeah, that's why I have it as I have it as six, but I couldn't go any higher because there were long stretches where I was just kind of bored. Okay. Yeah. Um. I have Loki at six as well. Um. Yeah. I. I loved Loki. I thought it was really good. But this is, we were covering it. I think I even said that this is the only show that had like kind of a lull. Like, because with the shows that we were watching before, each episode progressively got better. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first show for me where when they got to the, when he got to the, when they were at the planet that was being destroyed, um, I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of it, but that episode really kind of ground things to a screeching halt for me. It was really slow. There was, I mean, as Anthony says, there was a lot of walking. Why are y'all walking? Do something. Stop walking. But um, I, I really liked Loki. I liked Jonathan Major's portrayal of He Who Remains, and the fact that it set up the splintering of the multiverse is kind of a key thing for everything going forward. But I just feel like. Like in my top five, I have them where they are for a reason. So that just kind of had to put Loki there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where my number six is. My number six is because I haven't seen it. I, I know exactly what happened to the plot. It sounds awesome. 
and I anticipate it going into my top three, and that's Spider-Man. Okay. Um, I know what happened. Uh, somebody in there passed away that I'm going, no! Um, it sounds like it's a heck of a movie. It just sounds like uh, okay, my favorite Spider-Man movie is Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire because it was Doc Ock. Doc Ock is my personal favorite. So yeah. I love Chris, uh, Thomas Hayden Church all the way back from Ned and Stacy. Yes, I'm that old. And I loved him as Sandman. Uh, I didn't see Jamie Foxx as Electro because I just didn't see those movies. But Spider-Man has a special place in my heart. He's one of my favorites. I know I don't talk about him a whole, whole, whole lot, but that is one of my favorites. And my favorite run, of course, is um, anything by Dan Slott, writing him. Uh, my favorite graphic novel series is Ezekiel's run, which I thought was awesome. Um, and uh, the, the different iterations, watching Spider-Man when I was a kid, teenager, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man and his friends, it, you know, the Joe Perry one with the theme song. I just love Spider-Man. So because I haven't seen it, because I don't go to the movies, um, this is a placeholder possibly to move up. And that's my pick. I can tell you now it will definitely move up once you see it. It's going to skyrocket up your list. <laughs> once it really you see is. It. Yep. Definitely. Um, number five for me, uh, Hawkeye. And for, for several different reasons. I mean, obviously, kind of like you said, my, my top five is, is there for a reason, especially the, the top three slots. They're there for specific reasons. But we just got finished covering Hawkeye on this show um, a few weeks ago. Hawkeye is, uh, or I, I should say specifically, Clint Barton is actually one of my favorite characters in the MCU because of his deadpan humor, his dry humor. Um, also, just because he's one of the few humans that we get to see interact with the Avengers or be on the Avengers team, interact with all of these threats. And he holds his own, you know, and actually, if you think about a lot of the things that he's done as part of the Avengers, He's very important to the group. And I think he's one of the people that is very undervalued. He's very, um, you know, he's very much the underdog um, out of the group. And um, I think this show, maybe not so much showcased him as the Avenger that we're used to seeing him. Yes, we did get some Avenger-like moments, but I think this show was more so the passing of the torch from him as Hawkeye to Kate Bishop as Hawkeye. But we got to see a different version of him. You got to see him as the father. You got to see him as the husband. You got to see him as the mentor, even though you know he very adamantly states he is not a role model. But you get to see him on all of these different versions of himself and I think it was a great way to explore the character. We did finally get to see or hear a little bit more about his friendship with Natasha, which I'm a little bummed that we didn't get more of that within the MCU or even in this show, but his character's not dead. And, you know, Scarlett Johansson is taking care of her issues that she had with Disney. So maybe we can see something in the future that focuses a little bit more on that friendship. But, um, Loved seeing him with Kate, even though she got on my nerves at the beginning of the show. By the end of the show, um, I won't say I was like a big fan of hers, but I could see the potential for how great her character can be. 
um, Yelena being part of the show and then getting to see what happened with her because of the blip, post blip, uh, finding out about her wanting to come after Clint because she just didn't know what happened to her sister. She just knew she came back from being blipped and her sister was gone. So getting to see that moment between them for me was very powerful. It also was not long enough, um, but it was, it was again, great character driven show and I enjoyed it a lot. Well, my number five was WandaVision. Okay. And mm. um, I enjoyed WandaVision. I, I liked the format. I liked everything they did. <laughs> already know why no 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 it's not down to <laughs> yes, because yes. of all the failed theories that i no longer do <laughs> anymore um oh no like all you said the top five there's a reason why they are where they are and i think the thing that helps wandavision out for me is just how they dealt with grief mm-hmm. and 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 addressing mental health because i think that's very important and um, and you know, and and that kind of solidifies its place in the pantheon of TV shows for me. Um, and and uh, it was good. It's just it wasn't good enough to get any higher than five. That's only because you're mad because your theories didn't pan out. <laughs> no, 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 no. That that maybe a little bit, but no. Well, because the being jerked around by the writers wasn't fun. Yeah, it ended up not not being fun. I don't know if they thought it was going to be fun, or if they thought it was cool to put all the stuff in and have us speculate. But it got to be kind of ridiculous. And I know we probably did it to ourselves, but they were intentionally putting things in there that were dead ends that meant nothing. And someone somewhere knew that people were going to do that. And they just fed the flames. And I don't appreciate that. I don't think they expected it to get to the, to where it got, you know, like they probably thought, okay, this would be fun. And we talked about this before. They probably thought, oh, this would be fun. This would be nice for the comic book fans to see this Easter egg. And I think it just got a lot bigger than they anticipated. And I will say that maybe in the later um the later shows they may have corrected that because where they kind of gave us like little breadcrumbs to follow they have for the most part panned out um you know just like with loki you know mike was very adamant about kang or he who remains showing up in the show and you were like no they're not going to do that to us they're not going to do that to us and then we ended up getting him and the same with the hawkeye series that where you know we got to see um um kingpin yeah uh wilson fisk show up so i I think maybe they've learned their lesson i I don't think that was very i don't think that was intentional in a bad way that they did that with WandaVision. I just, I, I really don't think they expected people to um, take to it the way that they did. I know they didn't, but whoever thought it was fun to do all of that, it turns out, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, I know. What about you, Mike? What you got at number five? Uh, I have Hawkeye at number five as well. Okay. Um, listen, I, just for being right, it should be, for me being right about kingpin i should have it at number one i just you know but i mean i love this show but like i said i have reasons for my rankings um Mm -hmm. 
I really, really thought that I thought I, I have a newfound respect for Clint Barton through this. Um, I actually liked Kate throughout. I think as we've discussed when we did, we talked about it, I mean, she was playing the role that she was. She's playing the role of a rich, affluent, affluent kid who's trying to do better and is trying to figure it out. So I pretty much took it for that. And I thought she did a really good job of it. Um, Yelena is my spirit animal. I love her to death, especially putting, especially putting hot sauce on macaroni and cheese, which it belongs on. Thank you. <clears throat> At any rate. No. Yeah, that was good. Um, stop it. I, that I, mean, I, I thought it was a great series, but it's like my it's like my top four are actually there. I actually just looked at my top four again, and I was thinking about rearranging them. But I'm like, nope, I'm gonna leave them because I'm gonna go with what I thought with initially. So, yeah, but that one would definitely be higher, yeah, otherwise. But it's just right there for where it just it is what it is basically. Okay. Okay. My my pick is what if. It gave me chills because I've been reading What If since I was a kid. And it gave me two of the best animated episodes I've ever seen in my life. The first one that just went from high to low to heartbreak and back again was the Doctor Strange episode. Oh my God. That was like the best animation I've seen in years. I mean, Stephen Strange is already a complicated character and the way that they did it and the what happened at the end, I was like, I watched that thing twice in a row the first time I saw it. The second episode that blew me away was the zombie episode. Now, if you read comic books, if you collect comic books, there was a period of time where Marvel basically threw up the zombies on everything. Now, I'm not a big zombie person. I don't watch The Walking Dead or anything like that. I do collect the comic books, though. But the zombie comics, the Marvel zombies, I went all full-fledged in, mainly before the covers. But I loved everything about it. So this, to see this, it was awesome. The reason it's not higher is because this was our only animated show that we got from them this year that was marvel related and i wanted to have something to compare it to if i could compare it to something it would be the star wars uh thing that they have on disney plus is like the mini vin vinaigrettes or like little short five to seven or minutes so with uh, visions yes mm -hmm. that would be comparable but it's not marvel so yeah my pick for this round is what if okay all right, number four, getting into the top four. So I have WandaVision listed as my number four um, for a lot of the reasons that Anthony mentioned for his um, pick. I loved the way that they approached it. Like the way that they started out the show, of course, WandaVision was the first of the Disney Plus uh, Marvel shows. So it had to set a precedence. And I think it did that in a big way. Um, just the format of it coming in as like the 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 six the 50s and 60s sitcoms and at first you're kind of looking at it like okay so what exactly are we doing here and then to find out that this is actually like a manifestation of Wanda's grief her you know being able to deal with the blip her being able to deal with the death of vision and or rather not dealing with it um truthfully you know, her creating this whole world where they could live happily ever after and not think about it. And the fact that she created this world by accident and wasn't even aware that she had done this at first. 
And then to see the world kind of fall apart for her and her having to one, acknowledge what she's done and then two, try to fix it as well as come into her own powers as the Scarlet Witch. It was just an emotional roller coaster watching all of this and having to feel her pain. And at the same time, having to look at her and say, Wanda, what you did hurt people. You have to be held accountable to it at some point. And, um, you know, we didn't get a lot of closure with her show because we know we're going to see her again in Dr. Strange, but um, just having to go on that journey with her and being introduced to some other characters, some good, some not so good. Um, Director Dick is still right there at the top of people that I can't stand, you know, character wise. But the fact that we got to see Jimmy and Darcy again, and we got introduced to Monica and Agatha. Um, it was just, it was a really great show. You know, it was a great way to kick off this whole Disney plus thing with the Marvel series. And hopefully we get to see some of those characters again in other um, you know, in other shows or movies, but yeah, it was, it was pretty good. It was, it was one of the best that they did last year. Okay. So my, my number four was what if, because for a lot of the reasons Lori said growing up, what if was one of my favorite, favorite comic books and actually see a show that you would never think that this would be something that we would actually have a show about. Um, Mm -hmm. Seeing T'Challa as Star-Lord was awesome. Um, Strange Supreme was incredible. Um, Captain Carter. It's like I just go on and on and on about all the different versions of these characters. And I just thought it was fabulous. And I thought it was a good good addition to the end of Loki was to see the possibilities of a multiverse and, Mm -hmm. and what we can do with that and the potential there for them bringing new characters across multiverses like the fact that they took the watcher took a black widow took a natasha who didn't have anyone and put them with the world where then natasha was gone i mean just imagine the possibilities especially yeah. with the black panther and, and needing a new t'challa that we could get another t'challa from another unit it's just my mind is just exploding with all the possibilities but yeah, it's number four. So that's it. That's all I'm going to say. I, I really liked it. I, I really enjoyed watching it. Okay. Okay. Before I say this one, I just want to explain that two through four are basically 2A, 2B, and 2C. Like they're completely interchangeable. Like tomorrow I could change my mind and switch them all up. Um, number four for me is Captain America and Winter Soldier. Now, I love this show. Like I, there are so many moments that hit me in my heart that me that had me in tears, that had me cheering, had me on the edge of my seat. There was so much action. There was so much like really good, really good fight sequences. Like some of some of the best fight choreography this year. Like especially with the Dormelage beating up Great Value Cap and making him cry. That was awesome. That was one um, of the best scenes ever. <laughs> it really was. Um, and seeing seeing Sam in that suit, like, ooh, I still get chills just seeing it. But like I said, there's a reason I have these layered the way they are. Um, but 
not to say that I didn't enjoy it more than the the shows and movies above it. It's just that there's a method to my madness, even though it might not seem like it. But I did really like it. I look forward to I'm looking really looking forward to Sam's movie next later this year. Like it's I'm I'm really really I'm, I need that like in a hurry. But yeah, uh, Captain Captain Winter Soldier is my number four. My number four is Hawkeye. The reason why it's number four, even though I raged about the LARPers, is that I, once again, think that Natasha and Clint got the short end because they were the last of the Avengers to get anything individually done for their characters. Mm -hmm. I am highly disappointed because I believe that if Natasha can get a movie, Hawkeye should have got a movie. But instead, he got a Disney Plus TV series, which is fine. And it was entertaining. And I did like Echo. And I did like uh, the mom. And I liked the whole thing with the kids and Christmas. And I loved it more than I thought I was going to love it. It's not in the top three because they did a few things that had me go, eh. But it does stand out because I was watching it with my husband. And Mark said to me, he says, this is quietly one of the best things that they have done this year because he goes, I didn't know I needed a Hawkeye series in my life and I have to agree. The other thing that really got me is that they did something that was so jaw-droppingly horrible and awesome at the same time is the final episode end credit where they did a full 10-minute song for Rogers the Musical. It wasn't that long. It was like... Four minutes and oh, it's longer than that. <laughs> and my husband turns to me and he says to me with a completely straight face, Don't ever show that to me again. No, I mean it. I will divorce you. Don't ever show that to me again. It felt like 10 minutes of torture. It, it did. really did. <laughs> you were watching all day. <laughs> he, he turned to me and he was like, We're not showing this to any of the nieces and nephews. No. No, we're not. He goes, no, we're not doing it. So I, and I'm laughing at him and I'm watching this and I love musicals and I'm going, oh, the fact that they actually put time and pin the pad to do this. So I that made thing. it number four. I'm just going to say it, they wrote the music, they wrote lyrics, they did all of that. I'm waiting for Dragon Con because you know somebody <laughs> is going to do it. Rogers the Musical cosplay. <laughs> And someone will probably, they will probably do that whole musical. I'm just oh, waiting. I'm just waiting. There, there's going to I'm be a to flash mob. There's going to be a flash mob. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> there are going to be so many, so many Rogers the Musical flash mobs showing just popping up out of nowhere. I'm just waiting for it. I think someone already posted something in the Dragon Con Facebook group and they was like, hey, we need somebody to play this character. Oh, I'm just waiting for it. I'm just waiting for it. Oh, yeah. It yeah, was but... cringeworthy, yes, but I'm waiting for it. I just, oh, you... yeah. I think I need to see it live in cosplay at Dragon Con and then I'll be good. I don't ever have to see it again, but it, I mean, it was, it was a fun way to end the series. It, it was interesting. But uh, the, the other final note is that I loved Hawkeye because it gave me, at the end, Kingpin. And I love Kingpin. And to see him portrayed the correct way, power-wise, and the fact that Vincent was Vincent, Vincent, Vincent uh, Borno, whatever his name is, uh, 
come back from the Netflix series mm-hmm. and to transition over to Disney Plus because uh, they're doing a lot with the Netflix characters. I was so happy because he's an amazing actor and he's consistent. And I was like, yes, they actually, I have this thing about not sticking the landing on books and movies at the end. Mm-hmm. They stuck the landing on this one. So that's why it's my number four. Okay. All right. Down to the top three. <sighs> so my number three had to kind of go back and forth between these two, but I'm going to have to say number three for me is Shang-Chi. Wow. Um, wow. I'm shocked. Wow. Yeah, I'm shocked. shocked. It, I'm really shocked. You know what? It It's as far as the movies, it, it is in my top two movies because you guys know when it first came out, it was like at the top of the list for me because I feel like it was one of the better origin stories done in the MCU. Um, but I love this movie because it gave Asian representation. It had the martial arts. It had Michelle Yeoh. Um, Simu Liu is like, has become one of my favorite people, like one of my favorite celebrities in the films, on the internet. Like he is just, he's one of those people that just kind of, he emits like this wholesomeness. I don't know if I want to say wholesomeness, but he's just so joyful. Just everything he posts and when you see him online and at uh, different things that he's on, he's just so happy and he exudes that happiness. And that's something that I love. And what he brought to his character and not just him, but all of the actors, what they brought to their characters, Um the storyline was great for me because you have this first of all they corrected their bullshit from iron man 3 so let's talk about that (laughs) bringing sir ben kingsley back as trevor slattery and explaining his whole mandarin farce and explaining it in a way that actually made sense for the story that was fun he was like one of the best parts of the film Uh, Just him being Trevor Slattery, the actor who probably, you know, who's who's elevated, didn't always go up to the top stair. You know, him talking about the planet of the apes and thinking that the monkeys were that was hilarious. But I loved his character. His character had a lot of heart. Um, The the villain that they made Mandarin slash Wen Wu and the fact that he wasn't a villain because he was being evil he just wanted his wife back and he just wanted his family to be whole again and to go through that realization and see his journey and the i guess the fact that he held on to that so hard to the point where he made an enemy of his children and you know for him to finally realize it at the end when it's too late and then you know he gives his son the 10 rings and the sea um, Shang-Chi coming to that power. That was just amazing. That whole movie was emotional for me on so many levels. And then, you know, to talk about Zha Ling, his sister, who basically, you know, in Asian culture, she's the female, so she can't do what the men do. And she's not, you know, her value is not as important as her brothers, but she comes into her own. She runs away. She starts her own fight ring and 
she just makes a name for herself and her story is so powerful. I mean, we've talked about this on the thing. I know I'm rambling, but that movie was so, so incredibly special. And if it wasn't for the other two things, I definitely would have ranked this a little higher, but I think it's, I mean, it's top three. So that that's pretty high praise. I feel like. Yeah. For me, number three was Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, i.e. Captain America and Winter Soldier (laughs) like Mike said because the emotional impact on so many levels like addressing race and addressing the things that we're dealing with now um, addressing the economic inequalities um, addressing mental health there's just so many different things the the veterans and how we treat veterans all of those things um in this show was just amazing and it was difficult to rank one two and three for me but i think three for me is appropriate for the falcon winter soldier for those reasons um it, it impacted me the most emotionally as a tv show not quite as high as one and two for me you'll see but it was all of the things that it hit was very important and and i had to put it at number three just to have just because of nemo doing his dance in the club i mean how can it not be you know that high you know so that's all Uh, yeah um my number three is also shang chi i i was blown away this Shang-Chi definitely had the best fight choreography this year, like by far. The fight choreography was so on point. And just like Hanako said, like the, I mean, for it to represent the Asian community as honestly and as non non caricature, not not see doing it as a caricature, Mm -hmm. but actually representing the Asian culture as it really is, is, was vitally important. Like with Shang-Chi, they could have easily done this as a typical Kung Fu movie and there's a whole lot of walk it all, you know, and all that shit. But they didn't. It's like they actually put in like real family issues and things that that happen in everyday families and that with everyday people into this this movie that has extraordinarily powered people and things like that and extraordinary supernatural thing items, things as well. And it just i mean the movie was just it literally if it wasn't for a certain other movie it probably would have been close to number one for me just because it was i mean the effects blew me away the acting was outstanding um serving kingsley was funny as shit um aquafina was really good in this movie and Mm -hmm. i really appreciate the fact that they didn't just make them a make her make her and shang a couple like right off the bat, just be like, okay, y'all together, but they're still friends. I think that's awesome. So yeah, um, that, that's my number three. My number three was uh, a toss-up uh, because I loved the way that the things were done. Because I'm a huge nerd uh, 
as everyone knows, I, I have a I have a bachelor's degree in history, so I love anything historic, anything iconic, anything retro. So my number three pick because I love I love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke show, all that stuff was WandaVision. Um, the the story was amazing, but I'm telling you right now, the way that they did those throwbacks, those call shout out, whatever you want to call it, to the old iconic shows, and they went decade by decade was awesome um this list that i have is basically uh sort of emerging of me and and mark because mark's not on the podcast but we talk about the podcast and stuff so this is what we sort of agreed on together as far as our list two or two things different he he watched the last two episodes and he was looking at me and he's like, this is amazing. He didn't want to go back and watch the beginning because he doesn't like black and white. But he, he said to me, he goes, okay, this is what I come through with this. He goes, Wanda and Vision. He said, those two are my favorite characters. Character characters, Vision. We've got a Vision statue in the living room and stuff like that. So it's, it's his thing. He's got all the graphic novels. He was like, I didn't know that I wanted to see this. Because whenever we watched the MCU films, he was always like, eh, there's Wanda, eh, there's Vision. But when he saw it, he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. When I saw it, I didn't love the middle. I didn't like Kat Dennings that much. But when we get- Sorry, to, what? I'm, I'm just, sorry. I'm a girl, okay? And- How dare you. And, <laughs> and I like Jimmy Woo a lot more because I watched him on that one show and I, anyway, I think he's kind of hot. But anyway, um, so- the thing is, is that the middle was okay, but when you got to the end, so the beginning and the end, I'm watching this thing and I'm going, oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Because this was the first Disney Plus series that we got. So my thing was is that they did such a good job. Agatha, you know, you know, Agatha, you know, all along, the whole little song, the whole thing about that, the whole thing, maybe Mephisto, you know, the ending. So this is, quite frankly, my favorite thing that they have done i've got two others but as far as style i couldn't make it number one because it dipped in the middle but yeah top three wandavision okay sounds good all right top two so for me i mean if 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 you have been keeping up you can kind of see what's left on the list so of course for me falcon and the witcher soldier is number two um Anybody who has talked to me for any number of minutes will know that Sam and Bucky are like, that's my favorite dynamic in all of the MCU. From the time that they first met each other and didn't like each other because Bucky was on the wrong side of things to now. They've always been my favorite dynamic that did not change with this show Um, We got to see a lot more of it. We got to see them work through their trauma together and separately and then become like this buddy system uh, together. You know, one of the things that kind of bonded them was the fact that they both had the same best friend, albeit from different different points in their lives. And now without that buffer, Steve Rogers being there, who are these two characters separately and together? We got to see that in some beautiful ways with this show. Um, Aside from everything that Mike and Anthony mentioned as far as the um, issues that they tackled and all of this stuff, you got to see two males 
have deep conversations, talking about their trauma, talking about their mental health issues. And you got, and, and we don't get to see that a lot, uh, represented a lot in, in media. So the fact that you yeah. got this with these characters, um, we got to see some of the issues, like you said, in these characters being who they are and what they are. You know, one pivotal scene is the police scene where Sam and Bucky are on the street, they're arguing and the police come over and they automatically assume that Sam is the aggressor in the argument. And, you know, even after Bucky says, yo, why are you questioning him? Like, do you not know who he is? Like, we're having a conversation. We're just having a conversation. Like, those are things that we see happening in, in our day and age now. And they affect our communities a lot. And for them to put those things on the screen so boldly, you know, they didn't sugarcoat anything with any of that, with the ref. I mean, with all of the blipped people coming back and trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to put these people back in their places? And then, you know, seeing the other people displaced, seeing resources being stretched. You have a quote unquote villain in Carly Morgenthau who really isn't a villain. She's trying to make sure that everybody is treated fairly and you know, she's fighting for the people who are being pushed to the side. And she doesn't really become a true villain until towards the end of the series when she actually starts killing people to make her point. But still, you have these um, characters who represented real issues. And again, they didn't shy away from these issues. They put them front and center. And we had a lot of people who complained about it. They complained about the show being woke. They complained about the show focuses so much on race. And it's kind of like, for those very reasons, that's why one of that show still remains my favorite Disney Plus show to date. Um, and then, of course, Sam becoming Captain America, that was just the cherry on top of everything. Like, he was able to not just fulfill the destiny that Steve left him with because that was what Steve wanted. He did it on his own terms and he did it in a way that felt right and true to who he is as a person. And I love the fact that we got to see that. So yeah, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, number two, that's like, it's going to be hard for, th for them to come up with a show that's going to top the way I feel about that one. Okay. Um, yeah. I still say the most powerful scene was when, well, one of the most powerful scenes was when Bucky told Sam, you know, if if he was wrong about you, what does that say about me? He was wrong about me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that 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 hits. That, that hits hard mm -hmm. for for Bucky's character. Um, my number two is Spider Man: The Way Home. Um, wow, it's number two because nostalgia. Um, it's number two because I've never seen fan service done so well <laughs> in any genre any show any movie ever Facts. made right. it part of the story made it work um the story was great the emotions that you feel throughout the movie is just it was intense i think i saw it three times in six days which you know emotionally is a lot for a movie mm -hmm. like that um yeah. it was it, it's once Lori had said that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was like the most perfect comic book movie, nah, Spider-Man: The Way Home clearly. 
there's room for more than one. <laughs> Clearly. More than one can be a perfect movie. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. So, WandaVision is my number two. There's a reason. Okay. I, I, there's a, I mean, I look at my list and I'm like, can I put Captain America higher? Why do I have, to have WandaVision higher than that one? And I keep coming back to the same reasons. WandaVision was first. And I think that it did a hell of a job setting the stage for the whole year last year. I mean, that's a hell of a way to introduce doing what they were doing, doing what Marvel as ambitious of an of an undertaking that they were do that they did last year with the pandemic, with everything else going against them. Mm-hmm. This show started it off. If this show sucks, Marvel's in deep shit. If this show doesn't hit the mark, Marvel's in deep shit. It's just like when we talk about certain movies in the DC universe, like it didn't, the movie didn't hit and it fucked the whole universe up. That could have happened here, but Mm -hmm. it didn't. And that's why I have it at number two, because that's a lot. It's just like, okay, small tangent. One of my favorite shows ever is a show called The Sing-Off. It was a competition show with a lot of acapella groups. That's where Pentatonics came from. Blah, blah, blah. That was one of my, still one of my favorite shows. I still go on, go down YouTube rabbit holes every now and then. There was a group on there called Delilah. They sang, What Do You Want From Me? The song, the Adam Lambert song. This girl comes out first and just sings a cappella. It starts it off. Now, if she's off by like a little, like, like, like a note or two, that fucks the whole shit up. Mm-hmm. But if she's spot on, the girl that comes on after her sings and harmonizes with her, it like kind of makes everything meld together. And I think that's what WandaVision did. It's like, it came out, it hit all the notes. I mean, the scene that still sticks with me, which is weird, it's like, I didn't think, this, I, there are a lot, of, a lot of moments in here that stick with me, but the, the absolute heart-wrenching grief that she had when she was at the house, the home site, when everything just exploded from, her grief just exploded from her and took over the whole town. And she built Vision from basically heartbreak. She, she constructed him out of heartbreak. And that just was, just, that was incredible to me. Not to mention everything else that was great with it. Darcy, um, Monica Rambeau, and the, the thing, all the things that it actually opened a door and led to. And there were certain things that affected me, that affected me more. But this one is just, just for the fact that it set everything up to succeed is my number two. My number two is Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is a normally a Marvel street level character along with Luke Cage, uh, Danny Rand, Iron Fist. Um, I am going to sadly be 50 at the end of this month, well, but I'm also glad that I've lived long enough because I got to enjoy some of these awesome comics in the mid 70s when I learned how to read up you know, until now. So my thing is that I've always loved the, the street level characters that weren't necessarily traditional superheroes um that daredevil believe it or not falls in that category for me so shang chi is this awesome guy and he's just you know i never thought first of all that in my lifetime that i would get any of these characters as tv characters so when iron fist came out on netflix when luke cage came out on netflix jessica jones uh, Daredevil, Punisher, especially 
when they did the Defenders. I still watch the Defenders going, oh, could have been better, but it was still pretty darn good. So, I don't go to the movies for a couple reasons. One, COVID. Two, my husband is visually impaired. He can't necessarily see the screen the way that you and I would see the screen, so we just don't go. So, I had to wait until November to see this movie, or the end of October. October. And we sit down and I'm watching this and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I love Aquafina. She's like one of my favorite people in the entire world. I think she's hysterical. And then they get to the scene where she's explaining to her grandmother that they're just friends. And then they go and they get on this bus. Now, you guys have heard the thing about the raid, about Daredevil, how the hallway scenes are always like the ish. Mm-hmm. This was their version of the hallway scene. I mean, from the beginning to the end to the middle, the jacket, Simulu did that. The fact that it was so awesome. Now, I love Speed. Speed, for those of you who are very, very young, long time ago, <laughs> Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock did a movie called Speed. Okay. They actually did Speed too, where the premise is she's on the bus, she's behind the bus. He's kicking ass, taking names. They can't stop the bus. The bus will explode. This was done three, four times better. I love it. The fact that we got a different type of movie, because usually with uh, Kung Fu movies, you have the different types of Kung Fu, the different types of storytelling. There's hardcore with the whole monkey tree elder guy. And then you have the mythical with the unicorns and all that stuff. This was more of the unicorns and that type of stuff. Michelle Yeoh, the fact that they went to this mythical land. The fact that you, like they said, Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin, quote unquote, the father, the st- it was absolutely, I, I watched it and then I watched it again with my husband. And then after we got done, I watched it a third time in one day. I <laughs> have been wanting this movie since I was seven years old. So Shang-Chi, number two. Yeah. Okay. All right, so. Number one movie, gotta do our drum roll, but um, I think it's no surprise for me. Spider Man No Way Home was at the top of my Marvel list for last year. Um, we get into detail about it in our podcast, so I'm not gonna say too much here because Lori hasn't seen it yet. I, I know but... what happened, you can talk. Oh, okay, <laughs> so um. I don't even know where to start with this one. Um, Everybody who's listened, they know that I actually have not seen the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for Uh, reasons now that seem so stupid. I I haven't had time. I haven't had time. I'm planning on doing that um, probably next weekend. But um, seeing the three Spider-Men together and like you said, Anthony, This was fan service done right. You know, you got to see all three of these Spider-Men. They brought their own, I don't want to say they brought their own issues, but they all had their own things to be dealing with in this film. And you got to see them deal deal with these things in a really, really beautiful way. And it was heartbreaking. It was inspirational. Um, I have to see the um, the 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 movies now because Andrew Garfield was like one of the best parts of this film. Just his um, his comedic timing and the way that he was with the guys, you know, 
I, I read in an interview uh, just a couple of days ago, that whole line where he's with Peter one and Peter two, and he's like, I love you guys. That was actually imp- improvised. And he said it was just said in the moment because that's how he felt at that moment. And it was it was funny in the film because the guys are looking at him like, thanks. But now it's like they weren't expecting the line. So the way, <laughs> the fact that they both responded in the same way, that was just, it was funny. It was beautiful. Um, getting to see uh, Peter three, Andrews Peter, make his save of MJ, which that's the only thing I know about his movies. And that's only because my daughter showed me that one specific scene about Gwen's death. So to see that, and the emotions that his character had when he was able to get it right this time. That was so impactful. Seeing the three Spider-Men run off the Statue of Liberty, yell, woohoo, woohoo, and swing together in tandem in different ways, and then to do that, that landing with all three. It was just, when I tell y'all, I cried so many times during this movie. It was so exciting it was very emotional um being able to watch it in a movie theater and see the fan reaction when the reveal of toby and the reveal of andrew came that was great now it wasn't for me it wasn't end game level great because i just i i don't know what it was uh i think the first time i went to go see it anthony and i went to go see it together and the fan reaction was very minimal and then the second time I went to go see, I, I did like Anthony, I went to go see it three times in four days. I saw it Thursday night, Friday night and Sunday. The second time I went to go see it, the fan reaction was better. The third time I went to go see it, there was no fan reaction whatsoever, except for whispers like, oh, my God, is that going to be? So that part of it, I felt like could be better. But I mean, just and then I'm sorry. Our Spider-Man, Tom, you know seeing what he has to go through and the sacrifices that he that he makes in this film just to fix everything that's going on not for himself but for everybody else that's affected that was so heartbreaking and um yeah i just you know people have said this before the first two movies it didn't feel like he was the main character in his own film and whatever they lacked in those first two films you really feel like they made up for it in this third film like it was just it was phenomenal but i mean seeing the three spider-man together and that was just it was it was just amazing it was just mind-blowing for me and yeah easily the best spider-man film for me uh probably the best mcu film right now for me so yeah, that that topped my twenty twenty one for Marvel. Okay, well, my number one is Shang Chi, <laughs> and it's number one because for me, it's I'm actually kind of shocked. What you're not shocked? I'm kind of shocked about I'm that. I'm not. Well, if you kind of well, I don't I don't see why. I mean, the cultural significance of this movie. Um, is only surpassed by the cultural significance of the Black Panther. And I, for all the things Hanako said, um, the representation for the Asian community, 
the fact that they took the care and the time in having people from the community and the culture working on the movie, being involved with the movie, making sure everything was the way it was supposed to be. All the shows and movies on my list contribute something. And I feel like last year, Shang-Chi had everything in the one in in this one movie the Mm -hmm. the social awareness the nostalgia the culture i mean all those things mental health everything um his father's grief and how he dealt with his grief it seemed like it was a running theme for me last year was having to do with grief and having Mm -hmm. to the movie was very powerful on so many different levels for me and that's why I have it number one. Okay. Okay. Um, for me, Doi Spidey. I mean, come on. From Charlie Cox, from Matt Murdock showing up early in the movie, like, excuse me? And the whole thing with Ned making the circles and getting Spider-Man through. And from, I mean, Aunt May saying the line and, become, and, and becoming Uncle Ben. Like, there are so many moments. And just like Anthony said, it's definitely fan service. Like, you know, it's just for us. They didn't make that movie for any other reason but to have us go absolutely apeshit in the in the theater. That's it. I mean, for every everything that they that they did in it, I mean, short of having of having Kingpin show up there somehow, or have or having like, you know, the Punisher like doing something. I mean, short of that, this movie was just outstanding. It was I mean, it was well shot it set up everything for the future and i just really really i'm still blown away by it like i mean the whole thing like i mean uh, it was just a great movie and it it definitely helped me in in the year on a reasonably positive note so yeah that's my number one okay my number one movie or tv show uh marvel mcu is falcon and the winter soldier now i went back and forth on this because the cultural significance the 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 idea of them setting up young avengers uh the concept of them bringing in uh ideas from the mcu the last movies uh with sam uh with bucky uh i i i literally love this from the moment I, I, I laid eyes on it. I mean, the, the first episode is awesome. It, it didn't drop. It didn't lag. It gave me everything. It brought up a couple obscure characters that I thought, huh, that's interesting. The therapy, the, the, the fact that they were, they were best friends independently to the same person. And that happened in my, my real life. I, I, I was best friends with somebody who was also best friends at the same time with someone else. And me and her never got along. We're good now. But back then, we couldn't stand each other because each of us claimed that person is our best friend. So I got that. And that really hit me deep. Um, the thing that really did it for me was that they gave us aspects of Sam that I never knew. He's from Louisiana. I never would have pegged that. Okay. Uh, 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 the girl uh, being a refugee. Uh, I, I thought, huh, that's interesting. The, the fact that you've got b- the Baron. The fact that they brought in, uh, you know, 
the test subject, Isaiah Bradley, you know, for Super Soldier. Um, the way that they filmed it, uh, the way that they shot the scenes, the way that they had the emotional with the bank, whether, you know, how do you guys get paid? It, it, it was right after WandaVision. And WandaVision was still in my mind. But when I saw this, I, I said I, I said to several people that I know who listen to me talk about stuff that this is probably the best entry that Disney Plus could possibly do for a MCU uh, show because while WandaVision was 99.99% perfect, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was 100% perfect. It hit all the notes. It hit the highs. It hit the lows. Just the montage of Sam practicing with the shield is enough for me to vote it as number one. Now, I've been known not to be a huge, I mean, I like certain things, but I don't normally say Cap's my favorite. Cap is up there, but I like Iron Man more. But this right here, this was fire. This was the thing that had me go, okay, I'm not canceling my Disney Plus membership because I was very close. And I was like, I'm keeping it. Because <laughs> if they can give me this for the next year or so, Star Wars stuff aside, I'm in because I don't have children. And I am an adult woman who is willingly watching Disney Plus. They're getting my eight, nine, whatever dollars a month, and it's well spent. Because this, what do you say, Mike? Chef's kiss? This is what this was. So, yeah, my number one, Falcon Winter Soldier. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting to see where, you know, where some of us had the same uh, ranking for some and then kind of the difference for the others. But um, yeah, I kind of I kind of feel like I put what if a little bit too low. Just thinking about it. I'm like, uh, I probably should have put it like at number six. Uh, but, yeah. And I think and I think I surprised you guys with my number one. <laughs> no, I mean, I was no. thinking about it. I just no, that's I mean, it's your opinion. I, 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 I can definitely see where Captain America and the Winter Soldier could be number one, like one mm-hmm. percent. Like it would, it definitely would have been, uh, you know, it would have been number one or two for me as far as because I had Shang Chi so high up, right? But yeah, right. Spider Man just kind of knocked everything down a peg. So, like, yeah, I said, like yeah. once you watch it, Lori, your your oh, ranking will probably oh, change. Oh, I know, so. I know, because yeah, like definitely. like I said, the the thing with Spider Man, either you do a good Spider Man or you don't. Right. There's no one between. And this yeah. one was amazing, you know. So um yeah, it was it amazing. was all of those things. It was all of those things. So yeah, I Marvel Marvel did good last year as far as you know thing. with with them releasing the Disney Plus shows um and what they were able to get in the theaters. I mean it, can you imagine what this would have been like had there not been a pandemic? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. And see, that's the thing. Uh, my my issue with the pandemic with Disney Plus, and this is my only gripe that I'm going to have about MCU for last year, is that I'm homebound, meaning I work from home. I take my husband to work, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I do Instacart. I do Amazon Fresh. I might go to the grocery store every three months, so I see no one. I go nowhere. So when I tell you, when I told my husband, I'm spending the 30 bucks to get Shang-Chi on my TV, and he goes, no, wait, 
wait. You know, I says, I got to pre-order it. The day I was going to pre-order, they said, hi, we're not going to do that. I was pissed. <laughs> yeah. So then I have to wait until October. We watch it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. Mark turns to me. He goes, yeah, I can see why you're upset you didn't pre-order. Because for people like me who are not out there, because like you said, Hanako, California is sort of up there with the numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't go where you guys go. You guys are going here, you're going there, you're going here. I'm like, I went to Walgreens today. That was the highlight of my last three months. And I mean it, because I'm still not going anywhere. <laughs> so so Disney's model of pre-ordering or ordering. Now, I got Black Widow, okay? I don't mind spending 30 bucks. I don't mind, hell, spending 40 bucks, not 50, because I'm cheap, 40 bucks. The fact that I can see the movie as much as I want and I can do it in the privacy of my own home. Now, we saw Doom because I have HBO. We saw Suicide Squad. Again, H- or, yeah, HBO. I like the fact that as an adult woman, I can sit in the privacy of my own home, turn on my TV in the living room and watch first-run movies. When I say I was giddy that I was able to see Dune, I was giddy. Mm-hmm. Disney has a problem. Disney is greedy, and we know this. Disney needs to understand that people like me who will go to Disneyland with no children and drop X amount of money on a hotel room at their main hotel for two days just because we wanted to go to Disney. You tell me you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. Guess what? My money isn't going to go to Disney. My money, if I could go, is going to go to Vegas. Or as my husband calls it, adult Disney. Okay. Disney has a problem because they're not connecting with the people who are still being cautious because of COVID, who still are in this mode, or maybe I can't go here, but I want this. HBO, love it. Why? HBO doesn't ask me to pay X amount of money for this. HBO is $15 a month. You can see your movies, 30 days, like it, see it, move on or not. Disney, I have some issues because I know the model of seeing movies first run is probably going to change to where it's all going to be after the fact because of the lawsuit, Star Johansson, because of the the whole pandemic and because of the numbers. The numbers aren't going to quote unquote lie, but the numbers are going to be impacted 18 months from now when they realize that people like me were the backbone of what made you have a $60 million weekend for Black Widow. Done with my ranch. Tell, tell them how you really feel, Lori. I'm just saying. I'm just, just saying. a little bit. Just a little bit. I, I, think, I think Scarlett Johansson scared them. I think that lawsuit scared yeah. them because as soon as that lawsuit was filed, they, they changed their mind about Shang-Chi and all the other things they were going to do. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see because um, this this pandemic doesn't look like it's going anywhere. Um, Morbius got and, moved because of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morbius got moved. We were supposed to be seeing Morbius in a couple of weeks, and now it's April. Um, it might give. I hope. Yeah, now, I, I hope was- things don't get worse because I'm supposed to get Doctor Strange my birthday weekend. <laughs> I really like. I haven't. I haven't been able to have a birthday weekend for two years now because of COVID. 
Try so, turning 50 in two in three weeks and you can't have a birthday party. Oh, yeah, I know. That that sucks. That sucks. But, but, the, but oh. the flip side of that is Spider-Man is now like one of the highest grossing movies of all this time. True. This is yeah. true. This it's is true. Go Zendaya. Uh, uh, Hanako, here's the thing. Movies, because you, you do it more than me. You always have. The birthday weekend movie thing is mm-hmm. a thing that is actually pretty darn cool if you can do it. But with the pandemic, it, it, it it's almost as if it's like you feel, I would feel guilty because it's like, okay, do I go? Do I not go? But other people other than me who are turning 50 in this month, what's the long term of this? Because yeah. how many more years are we going to have to, I mean, my birthday party, I'm actually planning it. So I'm going to have a 50 plus two birthday party in two years. And that's going to be hopefully my official party where I actually have people that can actually see face to face. That's what I'm planning. What's going to happen in the long run? Because Disney, HBO, New Line, whatever, they can't keep this up and keep it because the worse it gets, we're on our third variant, possibly a fourth. Mm -hmm. We're on our third shot, even though they call it a booster. How long is this going to, is our, is our world going to be this way until 2025? Is it going to be beyond? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just, you know, I just happen to be lucky as far as birthday weekends because my birthday falls the first weekend of May and that's usually when tentpole season starts. Right. So right. for years, all of the major Marvel movies for summer, they always debut that weekend. So I've always like all of the X-Men movies I got during my birthday weekend, most of the Marvel stuff. So Black Widow was supposed to do, um, come out on my birthday, I think last year. And I think maybe the year before that, because I can't remember. Yeah, was, it, was, wasn't, yeah. it, it was supposed to come out 2019, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Or 2020, I think, early 2020. So no, 2019, 20, 2019, because I believe Black Widow actually came out three years later than it was supposed to okay so yeah it's just been one of those things but I you know I kind of wonder that question myself Lori because you know for a minute we thought things were getting a little bit better and then now we have this new variant and things have been getting worse and like you said Anthony uh Spider-Man had really good numbers in the movie theaters for um you know I think they've surpassed like I don't even know what the numbers are now, but um, now it's just kind of like everybody's getting sick. So yeah, it's good that we all went to the theaters, but people are getting sick because of that. While we could. Right. But um, I don't know. I just, I know that we are supposed to get some more Marvel properties this year. I know some have been uh, delayed, but I don't know. I I hope they keep producing, you know, these great shows on Disney Plus. But I think I don't know if they're already moving Morbius and Morbius was supposed to be at the beginning of this year. I think a lot of the things that we were supposed to get this year may also end up getting um, moved. So I'm not sure. I just I don't know. I, I just hope we continue to get great quality content from marvel um we do have some things coming up this year so i'm sure we'll be able to get like hopefully we'll have enough stuff to do another top 10 at the end of the year for marvel i I think 
we will, but I think it might be it might be more of the Disney Plus shows. I, the the cameo uh, trailer came out today. They showed uh, Miss Marvel. I don't know if you guys saw that. Okay, no, I uh, haven't they, seen it yet. But they showed a little bit of She Hulk and a couple of the other shows. But yeah, they showed Kamala in in the costume, and she looks basically 12, 13, and it looks pretty good. Okay, it's only like ten five seconds, maybe. Okay, all right. I think wasn't when I was doing my research for our list. I think wasn't I swear I saw that Miss Marvel was supposed to come out at, at the end of 2021 and it didn't. I, Marvels, yeah, uh, yeah, I think it got pushed. I think that's right, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, we'll get that this year and and not in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> but I no, mean, I, I just mean, want to see She Hulk. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm excited to see that one because Tatiana Maslany is in it, and I'm so I'm so excited to see her in that role. So. Oh, you think I gushed about Dune? Wait till I give you my ten minute breakdown of 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 uh, She Hulk. Did you say ten minute <laughs> breakdown? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Because we didn't talk about She Hulk. All you need to know about She Hulk is she's Bruce Banner's cousin and had a blood transfusion. That's all you need to know. You know? No, 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 no. And she's a lawyer. Talk about That's her. it. No, no, no. We need to talk about her and Sabretooth. No, we don't. Yeah. Yes, she, we do. She, she, and she has, yes, she has, she has, and she, and she has mildly loose morals. Like, as far Again, as, her and Sabretooth. Her and Juggernaut. Like, yeah. Oh, oh. oh my goodness. No, we are not about to get started on this tangent. That is going to be it for our show. <laughs> and on that note. You can- and on that note, <laughs> you can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can also find us on YouTube and all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time. <laughs>